This episode's audio quality was made possible by your support through Patreon. We don't have sources on this show. Boy Meets World ruined my life. What if the goats are trying to communicate? You guys ever listen to Botch? I put on a lot of weight. I am the <laughs> elephant. Ah, <laughs> oh, the clap. <laughs> I guess you're doing. So, <laughs> welcome to Tales from the Ditch. It's Seth here with your old buddy, Old Ball Sean, or as we call him, Old Balls. Uh, Sean Boss over here. We have back on the show, back at it again with the white vans, Nathan Hartley. Basically a co-host at this point. Basically a co-host. And, <laughs> Repeat offender. And I just, before we even start, I just want say to Nathan that uh, my youngest son called me a penis today. So I told you that story. Daddy, I missed you. Hey, bud. You're a penis. <laughs> well, thanks. Anyway, so that's all I got for a podcast. Um, hey, guys. How you doing, Nathan? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're a dad now. I'm yeah, dad I was going to say, what's new? Dad life. Yeah. Three month old. I'm a little baby girl at home. So sleeping well. Sleeping through the night because she's an overachiever like that. She sleeps? She sleeps. Hmm. Yeah. She's better than I do. Mm Mm-hmm. Smiles at me when I come home, so that's cool. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. Sometimes it's pretty closely associated with poop. (laughs) But I'll still take credit. Yeah, what is that weird face, too? That's a weird thing that you learn as a parent, is what faces look like when people are pooping. (laughs) And unless you put a mirror in front of your toilet, you never really know until you see it on another person's face, and you see it most often in little kids. I film myself while I'm doing it so I can see I. Ah, get my leg up like a samurai posing for a portrait and just ah. on that note I have a pretty funny story a friend who uh, went to a most prominent university in the country for the deaf hearing impaired oh okay and she she is not hearing impaired so she she went and her roommate was, was deaf and I was talking to her husband he's like yeah it was, I couldn't we were engaged at the time, and I quickly realized I couldn't go to the bathroom in the public bathrooms when I went to go visit her on the weekends because deaf people don't realize the sounds they make when they poop. Oh, really? <laughs> and he's like, I got shy, and I just couldn't do it all the time. And uh, I was talking to this friend. She's like, yeah, my, my roommate was mortified when I told her that people make sounds when they poop. And she's like, what do you mean we make sounds? What kind of sounds? <laughs> that would make me bold because I'd go, oh, no one can hear me. I'd just <laughs> <laughs> right? Think, think about all the sounds you wanted to make. That's true. Actually, that does explain a lot now. You know a couple deaf people. Now I no, you it. don't. Good Name point. them and give me their addresses. I don't believe you. I will like, not, you know deaf people? I will people? not do this here. Two. Two people. Hmm. Like actual deaf or... I think you know one of them. Hearing impaired. Uh, okay, hearing impaired. Because I know oh, a couple extreme. I know that guy. Extreme. Okay. Uh... I was going to say, you could say their names because they won't hear it, and then I felt guilty. <laughs> yeah. Too bad we do a transcript. We don't have close captioning. <laughs> we have Braille. We release this in Braille. We have a mailing list. <laughs> have you ever thought Christopher Walken, where you're like, maybe he can't see her, and that's how his voice ended this way. Because huh. like, he acts and sounds like he can't hear or see what he's saying. <laughs> and I like it. Well... Speaking of speaking, <laughs> I feel like the opportunity for us to say terrible things abounds right now. I'm just trying. trying abounds. Speaking of speaking terrible things, mm-hmm. we kind of talked before we started recording about ranting, right? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and there's there's the rant. Um, there's a couple rants I see happening now and then, but 
um, take take it away from all of the you know keyboard warrior social media ranting. And I'm saying verbal, off the top of your head, passionate, zealous description, complaining, or uh, I don't know what the right way to say it is, but all verbal, right? So when somebody has a verbal rant, you know they didn't have time to think about it. You know they didn't have time to put this together. Actually, that's not true. There's like the Dennis Miller, I'm not going to go on a rant here. And that is kind of rehearsed. But every now and then you come across somebody that you can tell they've been thinking about something, usually something that they hate for a long time. And then they all of a sudden go off on a rant and you don't even know what brought that on or why they're so upset about that or what it is that they're trying to get, what point they're trying to get across. And uh, so it's it means a lot more than, you know, when I'm on Facebook and I can spend like four or five minutes and use a thesaurus or whatever to get my rant across or something like that. Yes. Although I never do because uh, unfortunately I answer too quickly on this. But um, verbal nuts talking. Nathan, you said you had experienced some situations recently. Yeah. Where you were bereft, a cleft? You went bananas. A, a breast? <laughs> a rest? <laughs> Contankerous and ornery. Yeah. So th- there's been, kind of, to set the stage, I come from a family that is quite ranty. Hartleys are opinionated. Mm. Most people that know us will not be surprised by that. Hartleys are mm. opinionated. Go on. True, with this true. Mystery. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> tend to be quite stubborn. And uh, I, I would regularly hear from my parents growing up that I wouldn't get in half as much trouble as I did if I'd learned to shut up. <laughs> because uh. I was. Uh, I was a very good arguer, and I mostly got in trouble because I made my parents so angry by the time I won the argument. But the fact that I won the argument got, like, sent them over the edge. You know it's always good when you say, I'm not stubborn. Here's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite was hearing one of my siblings, who is probably the most opinionated person I know, hmm. um, say, oh, I don't like that person. They're too opinionated. <laughs> and I was like, uh, really? <laughs> So, yeah, um, tend to be somebody that I like to think things to death, so I like to try to understand things from every angle and wrap my mind around... A regular Rory Calhoun. Calhounian. And, uh, so, yeah, there's situations that I've seen in the world around the main tree, constantly kind of right, is the temptation is there for me to be very opinionated about, very precise in my opinions. Hmm. Tell us your opinions about fucking notes. <laughs> I'm trying to be nondescript. Did the Lord not say? So is it like is it like kind of a a, a niche thing or is that how you say that niche kind of. niche or is it like a like kind of just a general thing or a life stage thing? I think so. It's kind of two. So because your of, role is pastor now, right? It is. I don't think yeah. it was last time you were on this podcast. I'm not, I'm not oh. sure. Been the, okay, it was about probably just about was probably about okay. this time last year. Supreme high champ. Been then where I'm at now for a year ago, September first. Already? Yeah. Okay. Really? Yeah. So you were, Dude, you were that's right? Yeah, that's crazy. So it's kind of the two issues, but I won't get into detail about my ranting. But um, one would be um, the transfer of leadership from the baby boomer generation to anybody else. Okay, boomer. Okay, boomer. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, the okay, boomer. <laughs> Probably one of my favorite memes I've seen all week is the uh, it's Martin Daly and the, the <laughs> yeah. sign on the Wittenberg, Wittenberg dirt that says, uh, okay, boomer. <laughs> yep. 
So that and that's that's not specific to my context by any means. Um, that's just more of a general yeah. church right now thing because culturally that's a, a hot topic and it's definitely like the American church or yeah, the West Coast. Or even I would say just culturally, there's a lot of tension between mm. boomers and anybody younger than them right now. Yes. Am I a millennial? I'm almost thirty six. We don't. We don't know. I, I think we're zillennials. Yeah, with pe- an X. people don't even know what we are. So, so it's culturally it's a hot topic. The church is is there also. Um, I think some situations are better than others with leaders that empower younger leaders that don't. Um, I'm very grateful because I'm in a situation where I got a ton of trust from my lead pastor and That's great good. mentorship greatly. One of the few lead pastors I know whose adult kids love the church and love his church. Like that's cool. So that's well, so I, I that's awesome. you know I need to preface that rant with saying it's more of an at large in the way I see it affecting the church and churches that I love and what that looks like because there's a lot that's coming up right now that's not makes me nervous for the next ten years. Yeah. So there's that rant that I've got about, and then there's been the rant of one of my roles, um, family and missions pastors. So I'm over day preschools, Sunday children's ministries, marriage ministries, things like that, as well as local missions for our church and then inter- what we do around them. Um, so those are the primary things that I get to do. Missions is something that I'm extremely passionate about. Um, and there is a lot of people have a lot of opinions about missions. Right. So <laughs> get out of here. Yeah. Should I talk about this a little bit today? Get out of town, you crazy guy. So it, it's an issue that I feel like an entire generation of church leaders was impacted and discipled through missions experiences, but they kind of had a bad experience along the way, which sometimes is because of lack of vetting and planning and stuff like that, or just not caring enough in the details. Um, but now they're just like, oh no. Missions are, are awful, so let's just pull that out of the puzzle piece for people's discipleship right, and not right. replace it with anything. Oh, yeah. So how are people discipled? Oh, by how we tell them to view the world, and I don't want to talk about it, so I'll just let whatever news outlet they they listen to be their discipleship with how they view the world. Why would you say something so controversial yet so brave? <laughs> no, I would say, though, like, as one of those people who might... Who might be the recipient of your rant? No, we talked about that. You're good. Yeah, we did talk about it. We're good, but um, Sean is but the like, worst. Okay, I would say yes, and I think those two issues already are kind of one of the same. Is this they younger? Touch. <laughs> yeah, it's this younger generation who, like me um, and Seth and several other people, have gone on a short-term mission trip. Is two months short-term? Is that still? Yeah, I guess I'd still be short term, right? Yeah. Two, when did you go on a two month trip? Oh wait, Thailand was a month and a half. Was it really? It was a month and a half. That long? Wow. I came back and That's someone crazy. had a sign saying they were pregnant. Who had the sign? <laughs> Sean. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Was that really that long? Wow, that was crazy. I was in. You were Chiang 16, Mai, 17? Thailand. I was eighteen, and Thailand, Chiang Mai, and Phuket, which. I wanted to say, hey, do you say it this way? Do you say fuck it? Because yeah, it looks like that. That's what I And uh, no one thought it was funny. Oh. <laughs> no one appreciated it. <laughs> sure, they never heard it before. But, I, but anyway, in comparison yeah. to some that would still be short-term, yeah. I'm not... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Okay, I didn't realize it was that long. But So my experience has been week-long or maybe week-and-a-half-long mission trips. And I believe um, my discontentment, like you're saying, uh, Nathan, comes from um, occasionally... And this this wasn't my experience, but this is what I hear from people. Occasionally, people want to use a mission trip to change their life, 
And sometimes or it's not their profile picture. <laughs> occasionally, it's not as life changing as they yeah. want it to be, and so they find it to be a failure. And it can't be their fault. It has to be the organization or the the whole ideal of missions and stuff like that. And then um, sometimes um, some mission organizations use short term mission trips to create awareness and maybe spread the word of mouth so that they can get better funding. Yeah. And in that case, um, like I've learned in my, my situation, sometimes it's just better to say, Hey, if you're passionate about this, fund it. And, uh, you don't need, you know, you don't need to send somebody. You can just fund it, but it depends on the situation. And, uh, the other thing I think is that people get a, like you're saying, a, a discipleship experience, but that discipleship experience, um, can still occur even though it's not up to somebody's expectations. Yes. Yeah. So it's like you being discipled through not having the cool opportunity. Like if Nathan was like, hey, let's go do this trip to this remote place. Sean, will you come with me? And I was like, yes, absolutely. Can I have a gun? And Nathan was like, no. And I was like, well, what good am I doing in this area if I don't have a gun? And he says, um, sorry, you're not allowed to have a gun. Then I, he's discipling through that right yeah it's not just because i didn't get what i wanted doesn't mean it's not discipleship i agree and i i think i've done um missions for 17 years thereabout jeez and uh definitely expectations make or break so much of somebody's experience and we're subsequent we have i think we have a culture of a tendency to overhype what somebody's experience will be like and how everything will, if they if they fully invest themselves, it will be life-changing. And we kind of oversell in a sense where maybe we, we think our, something that's gripped us will, will grip other people. If they see it like we did, it's going to grip them the way it did us. And I think that's unintentionally very, has a very low view of other people because somebody might experience something, have a good experience, but it might not change their life the way it did you. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, but you cannot intentionally set people up to have unrealistic And I've had to close on the mission of faith. I can't come away with one thing really impact. And sometimes that in and of itself is what I mean. But I was looking too much for that one thing that was going to change right. me rather than to just be present in a situation God needed me to be present. And so, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, so, kind of, that's kind of an abstract way to answer. The thing that I've heard people say, I don't want to go off on them. But no. <laughs> The thing that I've heard people say is, uh, oh, you know what? This group of people or this geographic area isn't actually that poor. So I'm going to send my money to the poorer. And yes, we should be affirming people's dignity and showing them that they're a child of God by giving them grace and mercy financially and through things. But mission, I think, is not synonymous with just helping out poor people. Mission is bringing the gospel to the ungospel, yeah. un- unchurched people. And so... People and, who don't yeah, have and gospel I, I think coalition. We, have a, <laughs> yeah. we can have a... a we, sometimes we can be inconsistent with how we think about something like poverty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where we look at... We transition in missions when we think poverty, physical poverty, this people group's poor in this people group. And people tell me, like, well, I don't understand. Like, I was in Romania last summer. People are like, well, I don't understand why you should go somewhere like Romania. It's expensive to get there. It's, but yeah, it's flying to Europe. Like, it's not right. cheap. Yeah. Like, well, why wouldn't we could do something for a fraction that cost in Mexico? Right. And right. same. Exactly. But understanding the complexities of poverty beyond just material possessions and a lack of, but 
spiritual poverty, relational poverty. Yeah. Um, that we need to care about that holistic. Yes. Like you look at a situation like Haiti, that's like the philanthropic disaster in the world of the billions of dollars that has been spent in Haiti and how far those have come to develop that country. Um, it doesn't always equate to the same thing. Like, does that say that we don't do mission work in somewhere like Romania that's still less than 30 years post-revolution and yeah. like you have an entire generation that will remember what it was like to be under a communist dictator right yeah um like that no the church still needs help from outside their uh, situations like most of europe and very post-christian environments like yeah you know, i had a conversation about ireland specifically yeah um we have like poverty matters image bearers matter and dollars can go farther in different countries when it comes to meeting physical needs, but that's all not always sometimes the problem they're bigger than. Absolutely. And and the first century church didn't meet the needs of every single person or culture, or at least not every not every apostle was able to meet the needs of those people. But the fact that the gospel went out and multiplied yeah. did it did well will eventually meet every single yeah. tribe and tongue. And like I think yeah. that's a, like an important thing to think about. Even the wealthy, affluent people who, like, that's a mission field nobody wants to be in. Nobody wants to go to Orange County and, and preach to people, especially when there's a million churches there, you know? Nobody wants to go to the Netherlands and talk to the people because apparently they're well off enough to, you know, just buy prostitutes and, and weed all the time. Well, Nathan here, I think what would be helpful for our, our audiences, list the churches in Reno by name that are doing it wrong. <laughs> And then list the ones that are doing it right and the lead pastors. Lead pastors and their email addresses. Um, I, th- I think it would just be helpful to point. And then um, the ones who you think aren't safe. <laughs> the hardest thing for me is like knowing knowing people scattered around in ministry, people that have been able to look at and say they are walking with Jesus, they are involved in their churches, they are engaged their church leadership. Missions have played a predominant part of their story at different points more often than not. Yeah. So for them, people say, oh, well, we just don't value that anymore. Say, well, what's your plan to, how are you shaping people and how they view the world? And part of that, like me by nature, I empathize with whoever I'm across the table from. I know if I see weeds of bitterness springing up in my heart, the fastest thing I can do is go be around the people I need to bitter towards. Like right. being around them, what I need to do, because then I see them more clearly. And people need to see the world different because you listen to most of the narrative and the perspective when we talk in our country about anything outside of our borders. It's more oriented on supremacy or fear, fear that the supremacy might be challenged. Um, but both of those things aren't godly. <laughs> like, right. So if we talk about the world in a sense where we just foster fear in people, that's not going to lead to courageous love. That's not going to lead to the world actually changing. That's not going to lead to a compassionate heart. Like, things that we're supposed to be about, so people just get dug further in. So saying, how do we disciple people to view the world, God's world, the way that he does, what he's doing in his church? Like, people need to see the world different. You can't just be discipled, discipled by podcasts and talk radio. You need to see the world the way that God does. Oh, hold on. So for hold this on. podcast. <laughs> This hold one on. entirely, that's entirely different. Entirely different. <laughs> so I didn't mean to go to you in the in a different direction than our topic, but of ranting. Classic. Yeah, I'm balls. glad that we I'm glad that we talked about yeah. short term missions, but yeah. As far as ranting, yes. Where is there a line that you should draw? Or and, is there something that you should do when you recognize 
something maybe a little malevolent about your ring. I I'm coming to kind of the the in process conviction of formation is who am I becoming by the choices that I'm like who am I becoming by the way I go about and I have seen members of my family become more entrenched in their peace. And I don't think I want that to be me. Mm. Say, uh, I can think of a couple different people in my life right now that I look at who I can look at one person and say they have become, their edges have become sharper. The edges that were already there have become sharper as they um, in a way that I don't find it. Mm. Versus other me? people where I say they <laughs> are, well, huh. now that we're all here, Seth. <laughs> uh, versus other people that they have become, not that they have become like they like less consistent or less courageous to actually like hold an edge, if that makes sense. Like it's not that they have just become lost their backbone, but I have seen their admirable qualities become polished. Hmm. Interesting. And <clears throat> I'm finding, okay, I have up there's things I'm passionate about, there's things that I'm frustrated by. Do people know me as somebody that has strong opinions? Are they I can spend a lot of time filing down an edge to where it's razor sharp, and I can use it for the intended purpose I want to, and I can make a good case for it and huh. make a good argument? Or do I spend more time polishing areas of my life that I want to see God develop? Mm. And it's an interesting thing to see. Now, are you saying that's kind of a balance? You don't want to be too polished, you don't want to be too sharp? Or were you saying you're heading in the direction of more polished. I think I, I want to head in the direction of being more polished because I have opinions, I have and I have um, reasons why I think the way that I and I can spend time making very compelling cases for those. And when yes. I find I do that, I look, more look for an opportunity to project my at the topic I'm passionate about at somebody mm -hmm. versus I think when you spend time polishing more, letting God really bring something out of you in areas, really say, I want... Who, who do I want to become by how I interact? Mm. Saying, I want pe like, people to know what I'm about, mm -hmm. but not in a way where I'm throwing an argument at people and I have a chance, but I'm willing to engage with them and ask questions to share, mm. to have confidence in the things I believe in a way that I dejected at people, because I don't want to be written off as somebody like, oh yeah, that Nathan Hartley, he's got, you know, he's really opinionated about blank. Mm. And I've seen more where people pull away from people like that. I don't want to be that way. Where I want people to know that I'm a thing. It is an enjoyable experience and a rewarding experience to talk with me about of substance. Hmm. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. You don't want to be a douchebag. Yeah. And there's people that I'm like, oh, I know that they really they've thought something through, but I have no desire to ask them. Nope. And then yes, there's other people yeah, that I'm totally, like, oh, I totally. really wonder what that guy has to think about this. Because of the qualities I see in him, I can't wait to hear his thoughts about it. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so it's kind of, this is mid-process for me, but hmm. it's it's just kind of an interesting thing to see. And I think I'm thinking about it because I have a daughter. Like, do I want her to know the things that, how do I want her to think about the things that she knows I'm about? Hmm. In a way where she wants to talk to me about them, or in a way where it's like, oh, don't get me started about them. Yeah, having kids will do that. Yeah. You should get a motorcycle, too, and start playing basketball at the gym should, with your friends. You should start playing basketball on the motorcycle. <laughs> that might help me. I think, I see, uh, I think you're kind of nuancing some definitions a little bit mm -hmm. for me, which is helpful for me, because when I think about things that I'm passionate about or ranting about, um, I always think what's wrong with me is that it's the wrong content. I'm not passionate about the right, right? And if 
you've listened to every episode, which we know a lot of you have every religiously. Um, <laughs> you know, like what you know. One of my struggles for me is like worshiping God correctly because I just don't feel like I have the zeal or passion or that that rant uh, drive in me when it comes to like. Sunday morning emotive expression in worshiping God. And I think we've had we talked about that. Yeah, said I believe haven't we? Yeah, we yeah. have. Yeah, absolutely. And and so like I'm like you know what I just need to shift my the content of of things that are in my heart to that when um you know maybe it's more like kind of you're saying where I need to really start um, forming I guess an identity on who I want people to. Mm-hmm remember because i know what people say about me they're like oh that sean guy he's all he's so you know he does he can't form an opinion on abortion but he hates people who waste avocados you know what i mean (laughs) like you know they they know that i'm passionate about stupid things but maybe it's not that i need to be less passionate about stupid but it's that i need to what i'm passionate about i need to line that up with the character um, character described as a biblical, yeah, or yeah, or even I uh, relation. I, I'd agree with you because I think there is an uncomfortable level of adversity in the human heart, and then and that filters into the church. By caring about missions, I have to say no to good people and good causes as a part of my job. Mm. To say what you're doing has value, but just not enough for me to put money. Behind. Like that's. A, I have to tell well-intending people sometimes that they're not thinking about what they are, and it's just, I spend money on it. It's a right. hard thing to say, but there are things that people are passionate about that don't move the needle in my heart at all. Like, there's some things I'm like, I'm glad God's called you to that, not me, because that sounds awful. Or it's like, sometimes, to be frank, too, there's things I'm like, that just doesn't move me much compared to other things. Like, I'm passionate about mission, missions in the Muslim world, passionate about missions with displaced people. I'm just passionate about things like that. But that's not everything. I'm not always passionate about clean water stuff. Sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. It depends on the situation, the, the organization. That one I really have to look at and say, how do I think about this specific one? It's yeah. not as general for me. Um, but there's a, all that to say, like there's a there's an abundance of things that are worth caring about and mm. I cannot care for them. Mm. And God has raised up different people to be passionate about a cause. And sometimes, sometimes I, I feel like we, we feel like because I'm passionate about this, people just need to be too. If they don't, they're just they don't care enough. They're you know, lazy, being selfish. I'm like, well, maybe it just doesn't stir them as much as you, and that's okay. Like, who rather than be shaped by somebody else convincing me I should care about something so much? What am I passionate? About? Like, what do I want to see God do? Who do I? see God making me by how I'm interacting and doing the world. And, and for me, a thing of that is like, what issues am I researching and devoting thought to and prayer to? Like those things develop. They're part of formation and how I view parts of the world or groups or... <laughs> but there's other things that when people are like, well, you should just care about this. I'm like, I'm glad that, like, that really impacted you, but just not interested. Like, that's not a slight against it. It's just... Just don't like Godfather. Just don't like Godfather. It's like watching Casino. Don't really like the movie Casino. Oh, really? How can you? No, or just like, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you got? No, but or that is how it, that's how it comes out, right? Yeah. Is uh, you say something like that, and then somebody Tell me starts to rant, that. and they say, yeah, I, they can't stand for it all of a sudden. And they have to jump to the defense of this thing that they like when they would never want to live in a world where they're not allowed to have opinions, yet what they're... 
enforcing on you is that you're not allowed to have an opinion different than silly. And I think people mischaracterize the, the alternative to say where it's almost this like spineless. Well, that's good that you care about things. I care about things too. Good for us. We care about it. like yeah. But to me, that's I'm like well no that's like that's. That's a false dichotomy. That's not the other option. Um, I can... God... Call, there's enough causes. I think God cares for enough things in his complex world that he'll stir up different people to care about them differently. Yeah. But there are commonalities that can challenge me, like people's courage, um, people's willingness to sacrifice, um, people's obedience. Mm. Uh, those things can are can be commonalities regardless of what the issue is or the, the focus what that looks like. Yeah. I've been thinking lately a lot about fish with hats. Like, I have a Kickstarter. What? What? Listen, it's a Kickstarter. We have to think about this. Can you make a hat that stays on the fish even underwater? And imagine if you could get a whole area fish with, like, bowlers and just different... I don't know. I think it'd be cool. I think it'd make a difference. And you know, not everyone's into it. In fact, no one. But fish with hats. I'm just saying. What if you were swimming underwater and you're about to get so a divorce? in the beret. Barracuda in the beret. There you go. And you go, you know what? That makes that fish just delightful. And you go back and reconcile with your wife. So, fish with hats. You know, yeah. when it comes yeah. to fish with hats. <laughs> I feel like that'd be something on Shark Tank. <laughs> I want you to donate. Wait, hear me out. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Wait, hold on, Cuban. Hold this. Oh, okay. I'm going to score now. I see. Yeah. I've never hit you just you, one day looking into fish tank seeing that clownfish needs a fedora. It needs a hat. And you want what, sir? You want, I want two million for hats. Oh, I don't trade understand. people. No, 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 no. I don't understand the porpoise no, of no, this. No, sir. <laughs> no, sir, you're misunderstanding me. No, only a million goes to the hats. The other million <laughs> is to train the fish how to smile and be surprised. That's a sustainable project, so yes. we want the fish to make their own hats. We then want the fish to disciple other fish to wear hats and <laughs> teach them how to make snide remarks or smiles like they're surprised when people look at them. You know, or, or look oh, like they're so up beautiful. to something. I want fish to look like they're up to something while they're wearing the hats. So, fish with hats. But, no, I think you make a good point. <laughs> I've been sitting on that for 10 minutes, just thinking about different fish with hats. That seems like one of those pooping thoughts. <laughs> fish with hats. No, because, all right, one, it is silly to go, people do this, they say, oh, while you were busy worrying about this, this was going on. Well, I can't worry about everything. I can't be everywhere. And there are more people because it's like, well, if you care about this, well, why aren't you involved in that? And the thing is, if it's pas- if you're passionate about it, well, you be involved in it. I'm working here in this area, and I have a certain capacity yeah. and time well, and like, resources. I remember talking to somebody at church, and I was like, I feel like we should do, we should have a prison ministry. Some person <laughs> was like, I feel like we, why don't we do more for families of, of deployed soldiers? Mm. I'm like, that's something you care about? Maybe you should do something about it. <laughs> and they're like, well, well, I don't want to. Yeah. I'm like, well, neither do I. You're the one who brought it up. They want yeah. you to want to. Yeah, like, yeah. I feel like this would a good I- be a good idea for somebody else to care about. You're, you're like, be sweet. here's my friend Seth's email. Uh, he has an idea about fish. <laughs> I really think you should hit him up. Just put in the title, um, Fish? Mark? <laughs> I've always thought it'd be funny to make it a children's cartoon where the uh, little mafia mobsters that are lobsters 
<laughs> Think about it. <laughs> Little lobsters dressed like mobsters. Like, yeah, put the clamps down. Yeah. <laughs> Give them the like, clamps. Oh. See, think about it. Oh, think wait. Suits for crustaceans. That could be my other project. Oh. If they... Something I can get. Yeah, because all those little legs and the their tails are weird. They need yeah. to have something from their mother. They got weird genitalia, too. They're, going, they're just yeah, weird. Like, Coats for crustaceans. They look go. normal from the top up, and then you see their underbelly, and they don't look nerd. They don't look right. Why, they came sh- out of space. Why is it shrimps have always pooped right before I eat them? I don't get that. Did yeah, they get nervous? Know. Did they see a fish with a hat and it made them <laughs> nervous and they were surprised? They're like, where did... <laughs> and then they do the awkward, like, backwards flail, like, bailout. Yeah, that's a weird thing. I don't like that either. Just... The backward swim. <laughs> what if a fish jumps up? <laughs> it's swimming by you, and you see its hat, and it just gives one eyebrow raised, or a surprise smirk, and swims off, blushing, and you're like, where'd you get that hat? Wouldn't you wonder about that the rest of your day? <laughs> fish with Especially when you have that awkward moment when you're like in the water, and you see a crustacean by your toe, and you're like, oh crap, there's something moving down there. And then you, you see it like... Ghost on out of there with, like, a beret. Yeah, <laughs> What was it you said? With a, a beret? Suit. What was it with a beret, you said? A barracuda with a beret. Barracuda with a beret. Bass with a bowler. Yeah, it just... Okay. Well, but... Okay, so... Here's... You could have told the more random tangents I've heard. You go into the water. I really had to force it. I was like, when do That's I see an opening to talk about fish? It was a pooping pad. A pooping pad. <laughs> Look, whether I was... <laughs> whether Don't I was dropping a weight class while I've seen about pots. this or not. Yeah, pooping pads. <laughs> we all have them. Yeah, you know, you just... You go, hmm. Mm. And, uh... Then your son hits the door to try to get in. You go, and this calls, is occupied! You put your foot on the door. calls you a penis. <laughs> calls it. He was so sweet. He goes, Daddy, you're a penis. I was like, stop that. <laughs> and I started laughing. Um, well, here's the thing, though. Okay, so obviously I can see the reason why, with things you're passionate, with things you're, you believe in, why you'd want to hone them like to an edge, be sharp, why you'd want to be able to defend them, argue them, convince other people show that they're right, really, like, even go, no, I don't want to lose an argument, I don't want to be wrong. And But then I see downside is, I don't think you keep looking for truth or what's really, like, honest answer or how to connect with people. It's less about that and more about, no, I'm just searching for more information to reaffirm what I already think or to just double down, dig in my heels and go, you know, just bunker down, go, no, this is why I believe. And if you do that and your whole emphasis and focus is on that, well, you're not connecting with people anymore. You're not trying to see them. It's more just, now I'm trying to, you know, evangelize or proselytize them into this view. And then you go, well, it's their problem if they don't get it. It's their problem if they don't think it. And you're just, and I don't see that as Jesus's emphasis. I don't see him going, no, every discussion is an opportunity to argue and show them how dumb and wrong they are and just hammer them. As opposed to, I saw him truly connecting with people where they were, where people wanted to be around him. They wanted to talk to him. He had whole passages on rhetoric, on how you talk to people, how you deal with people, Paul too. They wanted to hear what he had to say. They wanted, even people, I think with John the Baptist, when he was in prison, even the guy who he rebuked thought he was interesting. Was like, wow, John the Baptist, like, was like, huh, I I want to hear what he has to say. He even rebuked him. He still, John was a guy he wanted to hear what he had to say. It wasn't this guy of, you know, you see him on Facebook, it says so-and-so has commented, and you get a nod in your stomach, and ah, this is going to be a 20-page argument. I don't, what does he say? What what snarky comment? What thing about, 
what link to you know his specific tribe about why I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't think we want to give people that feeling that literally you're offending them with everything except the gospel. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And I think people have the best of intentions, inherently self, where it's I want to bring about a result that I will deem as genuine or not. And if I don't see it, mm. you obviously just don't care enough. Yeah. Yeah. Also kind of an insecurity. road. (laughs) Yeah. That's a lonely road. And I think that's, that's been the thing that I'm kind of driving me to think about is go, that's a lonely road and I don't want to go down it. Yeah. Like that's, and it's not lonely for good reasons. Right. It's a... It's a sad road to be so far down on the highway. Like I mentioned, I, I respect passive adults. Right. That's not talked down about anybody. It's not a very common thing. List That's these true. churches, Nathan. List <laughs> the bad ones. Well, get your pencils. <laughs> um, but I see that some... Like, I want to learn this. Yeah. Like, I want to... That's a road I, I, I hope my life looks similar to. Right. Um, so I look at many other people's <clears throat> relationships they have with their adult kids and grandkids and the tensions of, oh, well, just don't bring that up. You know, like, if we're coming into the Thanksgiving season of, like, whatever topic, you know, not to bring up at the table because it's going to set yeah. crazy uncle or dad or grandpa off about. And right. Going, I don't, I have that proclivity. Like, I'm an opinionated person. That's going to be where I am if I'm not walking in a way to bring that forth. God saying, please change this and yes. polish something that's good and not, I don't want this to be a sharp edge. I don't want this to be a file down edge. You know where I've seen this ideal play out? It was, uh, I think, described really well in a movie directed by Kevin Smith. Hmm. <laughs> and it was called Jersey Girl. And nobody liked it because everybody wants to judge Ben Affleck, but I think he's a great actor. He made me cry in Armageddon. And not only that, in addition to Armageddon, he's been good in other stuff. He can't pick scripts well, but he's a great actor. Anyways, he's in this movie called Jersey Girl, and basically the plot is there's this guy who gets pushed to the edge, and then he goes off on a rant about things that he doesn't like, and it gets him in trouble, and he ends up paying for it with uh, some severe consequences. And that's the, that's the whole movie, basically. And he learns to kind of undo that, and he grows from that character. And they rob banks with Jeremy Renner. Yeah, that was the second. That was a sequel. Sequel. Jersey ah! Girl 2. The 10. Um, but I also feel like as somebody who is uh, one of those types of guys who does that all the time, um, to some degree, there's a bit of an insecurity in your position when you have to convince everybody to yeah. agree with you because they validate that you're right. So it's almost like to a little degree, and I'm sa- I'm speaking for myself here, to a little degree, there's a chance that you could be completely wrong and you cover up that uh, chink in your armor by saying uh, that, oh, well, look at all these people who I brought to this conclusion through logic. And uh, that's a dangerous place to be, too, because I don't. I think that you hide and cover up that vulnerability yeah. as opposed to exploring that and really yeah. seeing why you're uh, insecure about that whole thing, maybe. I agree with you for sure. Because I think in me, what I see in those moments of it's easy for me to be, to want to express my thoughts about something, to, to communicate that I have thought deeply about something. Yes. Which in and of itself, that can, I think, come from a place of more insecurity than security. Yes. Because 
it shouldn't matter if I thought deeply about something or not. If somebody didn't ask and it's not a conversation we're having, if I'm inserting the conversation in, it's kind of, it becomes this pissing contest. Yes. And that, that the other person maybe didn't want to have. And it's like, oh, but trust me, I've thought deeply about this. And it's like, okay, right. well, do I need one? <laughs> you? And it can be, it's most of the time I think it hurts relationships. Help. Yeah. Do you know what top hats? That's another one. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Two there you go. Sorry. Flounders with fedoras. Flounders with fedoras. Oh, Barracudas. I don't know if that idea would take off. It might, <laughs> it might be a flop. Yeah, it might fall flat. No, I'm not. Get it, because that was a reach. No, um, no you, you were getting there. No, so, means. when it comes to our presuppositions that maybe are the reason for our rant, or our presuppositions that are our reason for wanting to ignore people's rants. Um, I think that there is, this is kind of changing directions, but there is an interesting article that we read. Seth and I read and studied, and you have no idea what it is. But anyways, the article talks about translation and literature, and it talks about it being kind of a forerunner and foundation for culture. Um, so like your culture is what it is now because 20 years ago, um, the literature was this and the literature is this because 20 years before that the translation was this. And so like an example would be, um, you know, like the, you know, Michael Moore Bowling for Columbine or whatever. He mm -hmm. talks about how all of the messaging about African Americans or Africa, anything was this negative connotation, right? It was like African bees are the bad ones, right? And African Americans are not Americans. They're Africans. And all of these things that kind of get drilled into people's heads, almost indoctrinated to a point. <clears throat> and so when people think of somebody, and I think this was almost the main position of the article, was when I say something like, uh, oh, did you hear about the Chinese blank? anything. You already kind of mentally visualize or have a presuppositional idea or opinion of a Chinese something. If you say that in America, you say, oh, did you hear about the Chinese blender? You'd be like, oh, that's the one that doesn't work good or the one that falls apart or the one that poisons kids yeah. with lead. You look right? at a good example, Back to the Future. Mm. All the best stuff is made in Japan. <laughs> yes, right? Exactly. Yeah, are failed. It's made, it says it's made in Japan. <laughs> yes. See? Exactly. So there's entire cultures who have that same narrative in their head. And uh, so the article had kind of stated that um, in a roundabout way, that it's kind of no wonder we're at this spot in the United States of America where rhetoric is king and where um, where the vast not the vast majority but the majority of Americans are um, defending Donald Trump while the other side is completely opposed to Donald you know and why there is this um, you know Russia bad China bad Iraq Iran bad everything Middle East bad and America good, and why there is uh, systemic racism, why there is systemic um, classism and uh, and elitism and all of this stuff. And it was a really good article. Anyways, I don't know what question to ask. Yellowtail with a yarmulke. Ah. Cod <laughs> with a coif. Um, coif? It's a coif. Um, also, 
Koi. Uh, calamari with a cowboy hat. Oh. Uh, <laughs> there's... Do you know what the Pope's hat is called a Mitra? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, there's... Silly. Oh, there's a lot of them. Shark with a sakak. Watch your mouth. Salakak. There's two of them. Yeah. <laughs> Brown trout. With Salmon with a sombrero. Oh! So, that's a good one. What was that last one? Salmon with a sombrero. Oh my gosh. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Seal <laughs> with a song cock. is going to be great. <laughs> Seal with a song cock. Right. What? What? This uh, is a family podcast, sir. Need, needle nose fish with a newsboy cap. <laughs> I was really nervous there for a second. <laughs> needle. <laughs> you know what? Oh, uh, uh, a this. trout with a toque. Squid's a hat, right? A toque's a hat. Yeah. Squid with Maybe a strimal. These are not. Bass yeah. with a beaver hat. Oh man, there's delicious. A beaver hat. Be- oh, That's yeah. a re- tuna could be tuna with a tricorn. Another one. Ah, uh, that would actually tuna with a tricorn would be super cool. Halibut with a helmet. Halibut uh, with a helmet. Oh, there's more. <laughs> there's a topor, a Glen Carey, Bobby. Oh. Goodness, I've gone Adobe. down a rabbit. Oh, and there are some weird people who post. Goodness, trout with a turban. Yes. Do we have any? <laughs> do we have any fish with uh, or yeah. an F? P or F? <laughs> yes, P or F. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, um, uh, I feel like we could come up with a good one for a tilapia. What? Tilapia that? needs a good hat. Tilap. That's a fish. Tilapia with a trilby. <laughs> tilapia with a trilby. You're right. Do we have an F for a I think a, tilap- a tilapia with a, t- a toque. Tilapia with a toque. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> what's the, it doesn't even have to just be fish. I mean, you got squid, you got, um. I thought it was fish. That was your whole point. I know, but you I want to expand. I don't want to be a bigot. Um, what are those, uh, oh, cuttlefish. And then, was it the, the ones that sting and you have to pee on yourself to... A jellyfish? Jellyfish with a... I can't think of any hat that's like a J. Yeah. Let me see. You, I mean, I you like, can roommate? continue with the podcast. I just... I don't, <laughs> this I don't is continuing. This is for you. <laughs> I just... Oh, my... A pork pie hat. That's another one. <laughs> oh, um... Some of these... Honestly, the fish are real. The hats sound fake A puffer fish with a pork pie hat. And <laughs> oh, it's, it's, yeah. It's, puffer it's, uh, fish. Pork pie hat is what Mary Poppins had. A pork oh, pie yeah, hat. and a parrot fish. There's a, a parrot, parrot fish. fish with a pork pie. A halibut with a homburg. Let's see. Uh, Fake hat. Fake hats, man. No, these are real. These are all... Do you know there... I think there's like 200 <laughs> types of hats. I feel like we need to eat, open a seafood. <laughs> oh. And then there's just a random picture of a beaver making a dam. No reference. No context. Why'd that guy post that? Oh, it's an ad. Sure. Sombrero. There's a sombrero. Oh, gosh. I'm not going to go near a turban. Let's see. Uh, bass with a bonnet. Let's see. Okay. Uh, yeah. What would go with a whale? I need a W. What? Oh, gosh. A no, wig? No W. A whale no, with a... A wig oh, is kind of a hat. Whale with a wig. Whale with a wig. <laughs> oh. Kind of it counts. Oh, gosh. Mackerel with a merkin. <laughs> that's a type of hat. Yeah, that, there you go. That's a hat for something. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Well, well, well there's... <laughs> well, there's the Pope hat. It's called a Mitra, so the, it would have a oh, Pope hat. Okay. A, that's a mackerel with a Pope hat. <laughs> Swimming around confused, saying, why am I the Pope? But yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, hats. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Duh>. Fake hats. <laughs> hats Stop on fish. Up hats. Now, would you, put, up would you put a strap on the hat or glue it to the fish? With, <laughs> no, because no, I want to be environment. Yeah. Wait, glue. What if I coerce them? No, because glue is glue. No, what if they actually wore the hats, though? I know, I've but seen what those would fish, stick you know those to? Fish, they like, no, they, it would... Gravity, the same as our hats. But they're, they're underwater. Still 
Water doesn't mean there's no it gravity. It doesn't it slip off. They would have to be careful. You would have to train them to do that. To to go. Oh, I'm late, and they're holding yeah, exactly. it with and trying to keep their hat exactly. On. Oh, and they're moving around bellies. to keep it on there. That is what I want to see. I don't want to see a hat glued to a fish or strapped to a fish. I want to see a fish balancing a hat on their head. I don't even think seals I feel can like do that. that discoloration right there. Fish don't have hats yet. No. Well, yeah, stupid. Or ties. Where's your t- ties, you dorks? Going to interviews, looking naked. But they uh, don't have to wear pants. Yeah. I I, that was never, my... When yeah. I was like... The teacher's like, why aren't you wearing pants to school? I was all, fish don't. That's what I said, too. I was like, you know what, Mom? <laughs> uh, my son asked me, he goes, what'd you do before I was born? It's like I walk around naked. Thing. I was like, I was naked, like, all the time. <laughs> why? I'm all, have you ever been naked? Come on. He's all, what, your hoodle Gills was just... showing. <laughs> he said, what, your hoodle was just flapping around all the time? I'm a hoodle? <laughs> hoodle doodle. <laughs> All right, so I don't. So the kick is it a Kickstarter? What's it called? Kickstand? Uh, no, to raise money. Is oh it, yeah, yeah. Kick, yeah. Kickstarter. Yeah. That's right. Kickstarter or is it a GoFundMe? Well, GoFundMe. GoFundMe tends to be for uh, Go like compassionately supporting you as I do something. <laughs> yeah, Kickstarter is usually scam. I'm yeah. gonna do a GoFundMe. So do it. Maybe we can get some money on our Patreon a for fish for Fantasious, fantastic, <laughs> fantastic crustacean with a cat. <laughs> what was it with the crustacean? We said something. Oh, we were going to do suits for Was it? To cover up the yeah, weird genitalia? Yeah. What are the, like, the admiral hats called? Oh, well, it was a tricorn, right? I, I thought it was. It, yeah, because it was, it was pretty cool. I thought the tricorn looked cool. I was like... What's the hat that Napoleon wore? Oh, um... Shoot, what was that? Oh, wait. Well, what? what? Capello Romano, that's another What's, one. What was Sherlock Holmes's hat called? Crustacean with a chupala. A deer hunter or something? Yeah. Deer stalker. Deer stalker. I like that. Wait, what type of hat? Here, I'm going to do it. What? P, D, and F. It's the hardest. What type of hat did Napoleon's fish wear? <laughs> what type of hat did Napoleon's fish wear? Let's see. What type of hat? It was... Uh, the bicorn. So there's a tricorn and the bicorn. I would have a quadcorn. <laughs> quad. So it sounds like my grandma's foot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, but dude, but are you yeah, trying to get me to drink exciting. more? Is that why you pass that over here? No, it's, we're sharing. Sure. <laughs> a narwhal with a let neckerchief. It, let the record show. Sean just passed a bag of coke. Alcohol over to me. He wants me to talk about these fantastic. Do we, any, do we have any N hats? Wait, and narwhal's a whale, huh? It's like a. It counts. It's a mammal. We can, it can count. We're already doing cust- All right, narwhal. Custration. <laughs> I'm so frustrated. Let me see. Custration is when is when you uh, angrily crawl custard along the ocean floor. <laughs> yeah. Let me see. So you said N narwhal. Yeah, N hats. <laughs> I wonder, how about see how long like people can use Google? I don't know why. Yeah, don't type in N-word hat. That's okay, bad. Google, what's an N hat? <laughs> yeah. There's an N quite towel, but that doesn't quite fly what? off your tongue. Yeah, let me see. Newsboy cap? Well, let me see. Narwhal with a... Well, the narwhal with a newsboy cap? I'm looking... I mean, he already looks pissed on the box. I feel like I've seen that on Adventure. At but least isn't it, What's a newsboy cap? Is that kind of like a beret, but it's a little baggier? Okay. Yeah, there's a name for that that's do you not know, Newsboy. Do you remember though, right? 
Do you remember when the foxes in cartoons would dress up like flappers? They had some certain episodes Dude, that came out. I hate flappers. Okay. It's called I a, don't want to go on a rant. It's here. called a flappers. <laughs> it's called First a generation. the zoot suit hat, hat, I guess it's called a picture hat or is that the female? I can't tell the female from the male hats. They're so there's a temple hat and a snood. <laughs> oh yeah, no, a snood. It's a real thing. It's like a hairnet. Tyrolean hat. I was just talking about which snoods always today. It's I'm nuts. not even joking. I was talking about snoods today. Snoods. Yeah. Send me your snoods. Send snoods. <laughs> okay. Seriously, snoods. I I'm not even. You snoods, you lose. <laughs> you will regret being my friend by the end of this sentence. <laughs> All the way around. What's so, a hat that starts with an N? What? A Newport. Newbury. <laughs> Nippleton. <laughs> Nippleton? <laughs> Nippleton. A swooping I scythe. Like, I wish there was Swoop. a, a town in Great Britain called Nippleton. <laughs> Nippleton. Where do I hail from? Oh, from the great village of Nippleton, I do. My family had a cap, castle in Nippleton. Yeah, Nippleton. <laughs> the, uh, the Knight of Nippleton. The, the, the Knights, Knights of, of Nippleton. Nippleton. <laughs> oh, God. With their breastplates. <laughs> yeah. No, they fought shirtless. Yes. <laughs> Nippleton, where your breasts are, your breastplates. They, yes. The Knights of Nippleton. <laughs> Fighting against the the hordes of Cockleberry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Coxford. Cockberg. Penis. Um, old Reginald Nippleton. <laughs> old, oh, Fancy a banger, dear. Oh, old, makes me think of old Willie Clark. Old, old Sir, Cur- Sir Nippleton. Old circumstance. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, this has uh, escalated well, I believe. And it all started with a young man who fish have dignity in their hats. That's could, a mission field yeah, that I don't think has could been could be a delicious, <laughs> delicious sushi. Well, so, listen, guys. <laughs> so, all right, so we talked about ranting. Um, you listen to the churches that get it wrong. We all talked about fish. Um, Nipples. Culture. <laughs> Nipple did. Um, I don't know. What else do you want to talk about? Sean, what's grinding your gears lately with that mustache yours, that registered mustache? Not on any good registry still. Mm. Anything, uh, anything, uh, floating your, <laughs> floating your fedora these days? Uh? <laughs> anything tickling your tilapia? Anything, uh, but warbling your walrus. <laughs> <laughs> Anything massaging your mackerel. Perturbing <laughs> <laughs> your portrait for a second. I also like portrait. Poking your porpoise. Uh, poking your Anything poking your porpoise. Anything poking your porpoise. Hey, oh, that's a new saying. Oh, what's porking his... <laughs> hey, actually, no, that's poking a great porpoise. Jeez, what's poking his porpoise? Can we, can we, uh... I think we need to start mixing these Yes, these no, that's what I'm saying. In average conversations. Can we... <laughs> Man, was poking that guy's porpoise. Can we declare our cultural superiority on this podcast by actually making one of these a saying? And I think poking your porpoise is one of them. Yeah, I guarantee you, if we say it for two years and everybody will be like, why are you saying that? That's stupid. But five years from now, it'll it's be, true. you know, Shia LaBeouf or somebody will say it. And then all of a sudden it'll be a thing. <laughs> and all we need to do is somebody's like, what? What did you say? Like, what? You never heard that? Oh, yeah. My uh, grandpa used to say it all yeah, the time. Oh. Dude, it's it's coming back around. 
Gosh, it was just, cool in the 20s. Someone just gets really angry, like, what's poking his porpoise? <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. What's hoodling his halibut? <laughs> I'd like to appeal to our listeners. Please start poking your porpoise in normal conversation. <laughs> your porpoise. <laughs> 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 I wish I could be the title of Chris Wolf. Like uh, Rick Warren's new book. <laughs> What's poking your porpoise? <laughs> the porpoise-driven life. <laughs> that's oh. what. That's what's missing from church. Nobody's asked the porpoise-driven life. <laughs> Nautical edition. <laughs> the porpoise-driven Bible. For white men at sea. <laughs> the porpoise-driven. Yeah, Bible study. Bible. God is most glorified with my porpoise. <laughs> he is magnified. <laughs> yeah, the semen edition. <laughs> The semen, yeah. <laughs> you know what? And it was is, only a matter of time. There is lots of unreached semen. You think about it. So, what? Lots of semen out there just floating around. Did you actually, did you guys hear about the um, fisherman off the coast of Norway? He was uh, spearfishing and he accidentally caught a dolphin. And the captain said, what's poking your porpoise? <laughs> what's poking oh. your porpoise? What? I feel like it could work. What's hanging up your hairy? What is warbling? <laughs> what does warbling even mean? I said warbling your walrus. What's warbling? I think it means walking sideways and being fat. <laughs> oh. What was the one you said? Herring? What about a her- herring? is a fish. Hanging up ha- your herring? I-, I have had some recently. Herring. Oh. Herring and sour cream is delicious. Herring's always funny because it sounds a lot like, what is it? What's the term for heckling? It sounds like heckling. herring. What is it, though? Harry? Yes, that's the one. <laughs> I thought about saying it, but it sounded way too complicated. You know what? Where, what would an octopus wear, and would it have eight of them? No, those are arms. Those would be, one head. Those would be mittens. Oh! Oh, wait. I, okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Sea creatures for 20 minutes. What could be for a cephalopod? Accessories for an octopus. What? What? What hat would Did you come up with that? On millinery, millinerytechniques.com, types of hats, A through Z. <laughs> Is that the website you're on? Um, let me see. I just typed in lists of types of cancer. No, goodness. <laughs> I don't That's want to see pictures. No, yeah. Prostate pictures, let's see. <laughs> what could be... Okay, so there's a boater. What could be for an octopus? Hold on. I gotta go to the O's. Hmm. Probably something from, like, Nepal that we don't yeah. know how to pronounce. Yeah, well, I'm, I guarantee. I've butchered like half. The- a cobra! That sounds like you're saying a cobra, but with an accent. A cobra! It sounds <laughs> like a Pokemon. Let me see. Hats starting with O. I'm using Bing and Air Explorer. No, let's see. Let me show. You're joking, right? Don't say that. No, I would not use Bing or. You find anything with an O? Um. Ascot! I like that. I'm like offline. I don't know. We're looking at butt size. I don't know. I see. <laughs> there's ah uh, oh there's a mushroom hat. I got made some jokes for that. I already have one of those. Let's see. It's right by the Merkin. Let's see. Well on the cod. There's a mortarboard. Codfish. Yes. Cod. A cod. Cod pieces for codfish. Let me see. There's no hats with an O. There's a Rasta cap! Alright. Uh, Santa hat. Shaco. Where, do you see anything with an O? Uh, I found a Kubra. That is a weird one. Told you, I'm not making, alright. What, can you, Nathan, can you think of anything with an O? A witch hat! Okay, that's a Zucchetto for a zebrafish. Yeah. Hats 
Starting, let me see. Ah, no. With, they're all, let's listen to them type. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's look at it. <laughs> Will it? Because I, I feel like make this a two and a half hour. Like, let's <laughs> um, types of hats. Grass. Oh, letter ho hats. Oh, no. <laughs> I meant letter ho. Ho. All right, let's see. Types of hats. A through D. But how do I go to the next one? Yeah, that's what I'm, that's these, literally the page I'm looking at. These now. people's. They don't know how to organize their hattery. Yeah. How will the fish ever... E through N. It jumps. Homburg. Homburg. A leghorn. Oh, opera hat or optimo. Oh, come on. That's stupid. A Oct- Montero. Wait, an octopus with an opera hat? What if he was really... I literally... Opera hat is the only thing I can find for now. Nightcap. If we go land animals... Ooh, a Cumberland. Be- you can, have a, yeah, yeah. you can have a platypus with a planter. A codfish with a cumberland. There you go. Okay, well, this is what I do in my free time. Oh, that. A coolie? <laughs> a coolie. A coif? A shower cap. There's a hat called a cock hat. Say that one again? And a coal heaver. Wait, a cock hat? Yeah, What's cock, it look like? Cock hat. Hat with a folded or turn up brim. Does it have a turtleneck? I also or found no? a, uh, a song cock. <laughs> it's in oh, Malaysia what? and Indonesia, a kind of oval, brimless hat. Song oh, cock. beautiful. Mm. Say it again? Nope. <laughs> Stetson. How what kind of hat? How did we think of a Stetson? Oh, yeah. That one's actually normal. A salamander with a Stetson. What kind of hats <laughs> are they wearing? Fuck sh- it, Thailand. <laughs> Um, it was, you know, I don't know. I remember, <laughs> I remember the priests had robes and they had, I don't know what hats they wore in Thailand. They had, because they had, uh, when you fight, you know, there's that, I don't remember the name, but it's the rope tied around not going back. But Yeah, what's that noose? <laughs> it's called a noose. It's called getting off the streets. That's what that is. You fight, dude. Um, I don't know. Octopus mm-hmm. opera hat. That's all, that's all I got, guys. Zebra. <sighs> Listeners, if you can think of hats. <laughs> that Wait, Legitimate hats. So like, your suggestion like is they swim and have one hand holding their hat while they swim? No, they bow the same way that our hats work. You don't think the current would push it off their head? It would, the same way the wind pushes it off your head. But if it's a high quality hat. But here's the thing. I could walk normally, and unless the wind hits or the wind's blowing, not worry that's going to fly off and stuck to my hair. Then they're so slippery... Just moving through the water, isn't it gradually sliding? Beg your pardon, sir, but you are not a fish. I you do not know what it feels like. I am an aquaminarian, I'll have you know. I, <laughs> Two no, like, I've, I've balanced a rock on my head while I was underwater. Doesn't it weigh more than a hat? Yes. <laughs> but I'm saying, the hats, the underwater fish hats would have to weigh more than a regular hat. Ah, but mm. You know how fish, fish, steal them from the we'll fish. just make them out of unobtainium. <laughs> <laughs> they have glasses and things like that, right? Um, castles and divers. But they're all made of heavy concrete. Oh. For the same reason. No, our crack torch! What shall we do? You gotta turn the pipe up, say. <laughs> I, feel like that, I feel like that'd be better if you still had the comically small pipe. I was so excited about the fish that I haven't even brushed the ashes off me. I've been burning for like five minutes. Yeah. Uh, Much like you will burn in hell if you don't <laughs> donate to this podcast. <laughs> no. Don't or, donate to our patrol. Or if or you're jo- according to John MacArthur, if you're a woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't. Oh, dude, he was really mean to uh, Beth Moore. And, and uh, I'm a complimentarian, but I'm not a jerk like that. Gosh. Especially to old ladies. And it's just, yeah. Complimentarian with a cappy hat. <laughs> <laughs> A complimentarian with a coif. Yep. That's <laughs> actually 
what brought about thought about me not getting bitter as I get old. Oh, really? It was John MacArthur. Yeah, because he made you bitter? Yeah, because it was literally like, hmm, what happened to him? Because I was talking with somebody, grew up in the church, went to Master's College, got saved there after one of his talks, after growing up in the church, and she was super bummed. That apparently he just doesn't like women. Yeah, he comes off that way. Yeah. Well, because well, well, it's funny. I forgot that that's literally what sparked the thought. Oh, well, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting because there are even people who, uh, you know, who are complementarian, who hold to that theology and go, well, I wouldn't have said it that way. I wouldn't have dealt dealt yeah. with the situation that way. And it, I don't know, when, when I watch the video and I hear people laughing in the audience, it didn't sound to me like any type of, like... Feminine laughter. Well, well it didn't... <laughs> It, oh, laughs and <laughs> testosterone. No, it um, it didn't sound like any type of gentle correction or uh, theological conviction. It more sounded just like mocking and irritation and snideness of yeah, your sn- stupid. Snideness is a good word. And I'm like, okay, snappers with a snide look on <laughs> MacArthur with a matador. <laughs> MacArthur with a matador. Driscoll with a lawsuit. Oh, wait, that's not. <laughs> oh, 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 it is over. His okay, head, I'm sorry. I, I think. Good. No, no, yeah, that was a like. I don't understand. I I see what you're saying now. Like, you don't want to become such a jerk that you can't even talk to fifty one percent of the of the yeah. population. Yeah, and somebody else said like. Yeah, oh, MacArthur, he just needs to sit down and shut up and stop talking. And I'm like, I never want to get to that point where people yes. think that that's what I should do. Yes. That they think I should sit down and keep my mouth shut. And, like, yeah, there's some guys who are old who, in their oldness, <laughs> in their age and experience... In their vintage. In their vintage are, are honestly, like, probably easier to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to say Billy Graham, because that's maybe a weird example, but... <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sean. Sorry. Um, but it's like, uh, there's just a lot of people who you either become crotchety, curmudgeonish in a coif, or you become uh, jolly in a... Yeah. Well, it's what Spurgeon said. You either, you know, was it live long enough to become a villain? <laughs> that's what, yeah, that's said? what Spurgeon said. You're, you either, you either die a hero or live long enough to become a villain. I know. C.H. Spurgeon. And here's the thing. When that guy died and Spurgeon took the blame instead of Commissioner Gordon, mm. um, well, because, wait, was Augustine Two-Face? Who was Two-Face? I'm going to say Rob Two-Face. Two-Face. No, Two-Face was Luther. Um, I feel like it, it'd be funny to talk about the OK Boomer trend. That's funny. Oh, my gosh, dude. I've seen it some It is ones. super funny. It, yeah. <laughs> Somebody said... Some boomer stood up on Twitter the way you stand up. Yeah, and, <laughs> and said, "You know what? Boomer is just as bad as saying the N word." And it's amazing <laughs> that culture nowadays has figured out how to marginalize. Yeah, because like the word person. "millennial" has really been used in respectful. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Plus, I was like, uh, "It's like I don't know who said it. Is this millennial? Who said it? They were like when." You, when Malayus. you compare something to the N word, but you won't, but even you won't say even that. say the N word because you're that's right. the worst one. <laughs> yeah, who said that? Was that that was John Mulaney? It was Mulaney, They told right? him not to say midget, and they said yeah. it's as bad as the N word. He goes, "No," he goes, "Because we're saying midget." And he goes, we're not saying that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the only people. That... Oh. That's so well, true. here's the funny thing. Think about it. When was the last time you heard of a Nori? Refer to your generation as a specific title and people group. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. No, they just talk about you're old, you're young. <laughs> like, yeah. They had um, his opinions about that, 
But I forget who it was. Someone was responding that they say, oh, millennials blame everyone for their problems and blame everyone for how the world is. And he goes, that's what you're doing to us. He goes, you've literally been in charge, raised us, we're in charge of the economy, voted before we were even born, and yet blame us for how things are, blaming us for what's wrong in the industry. He goes, you're literally putting it on us as they take responsibility. He's like, there are policies and stuff that happen that you voted for before I was even born. Like, he's like... I didn't crash the housing market when I was 13. Yeah. He's like, don't. Yeah. One of my, one of my favorites was a meme of uh, Tony Stark. It says, uh, <laughs> if, if you're nothing without the suit, you don't you shouldn't have it. Yeah. Peter Parker says, okay, boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There is Why? something because visceral about it. I'm a millennial, and I just really like to come. <laughs> yeah, How old that's are you? true. I'm, what's the cutoff? I have no idea. No one, everyone, because I, no one, one per, see, this is the thing. I am young enough that older people call me a baby, and I'm old enough that people in their 20s think I'm going to die the next week. At 35? No, we're Gen, we're Gen, um, we're Z, so we're Zillin or something. Like no, because Gen, Gen Z is what's coming up. I don't think so. I think that's what kids are like in high school. I just yeah. So we're Z millennial though. So it's like we're between X and millennial. Yeah. Or between Y and millennial. I don't know. My whole my whole rant with that is forgot something called a yes. That it's like something ironic about millennials when I'm like you do realize like have you ever seen the CNN series that's on that where they do different decade series the seventies yeah 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 listening to the way that people talk about. Like yeah. It's literally word for word the same vocabulary and same conversation. If you take X or out and put millennial in, it's the same vocabulary. Like, it's something called. Yes. Uh, and boomers in the 60s and 70s weren't exactly thought, talked of highly by their parents. Right. Oh, oh, they had. Well, and you know what's cool? Um, uh, I will say this. My generation, uh, not to partner Jim Crow. So I don't feel bad about that. Um, I didn't, as far as I know, generations before me might say differently, but me, um, I don't feel my generation was to blame for the AIDS crisis or the crack epidemic. But so I feel like every generation you can look at stuff they did that was noble or achievements and every generation you can look at and see stuff they did that sucked. I can, I can look at stuff from my Opa's generation and go, yeah, that was pretty cool. And look at other stuff and go, I would never do that. Why would you do that? And same thing, I guarantee Gen X, there was stuff where they said, oh, you're lazy, you're apathetic. And then there was things they invented later on that were pretty cool, actually. So it's like, yeah. why? Fish and hats. Fish hats. I just, <laughs> I just want to go John McCarthy go, you know, what's well, poking your porpoise, man? Honestly, like the OK Boomer thing, too. <laughs> if anybody needs to be asked what's poking their porpoise, <laughs> it's John McCarthy. It's a new segment so called true. What's Poking Your Porpoise. Uh, I feel like that is, would be a great segment to have on a weekly basis. <laughs> You're like, Sean, what's poking your porpoise? Oh my gosh, that's a great idea. We need, a, we need a gimmick anyways. <laughs> that could be your shit. I feel like this whole show is a gimmick. I don't. I didn't even know we'd make it past episode. What episode are we on? 67. Not Almost 69. 69. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, I, I think the OK Boomer thing does hit on something kind of visceral. Because there is this... Uh, perspective that it's like, hey, we've tried to talk, we've tried to explain ourselves, we've tried to explain how we feel, and and this generation doesn't want to listen to us and just wants to call us this, so that's our only response is, hey, I don't have time to explain this to you anymore, I'm not doing it anymore, so okay, Boomer is the thing to do. I'm not yeah. saying it's a good thing or a I bad think thing. six years ago, five years ago, sitting in a pastoral ministries class, no, 
was an ecclesiology class, my degree, so theology of the church. And, uh, yes. There was, I had a, a good relationship with the professor, so I was able to kind of speak candidly with him, but he was talking about you know, kind of the transfer of power and leadership in the church. And the, the church is basically heading for a crisis because trying to hand the keys over to the next generation and say, next generation basically saying, I don't. And it was interesting because everybody over the age of 50 in the classroom, because there was about half guys that were bivocational or full-time pastors working through school. And uh, they're like, yeah, yeah, that's our experience too. Nobody wants to, to take the keys. And the other half of the room was my age and kind of awkwardly raised my hand. I was like, that's not my experience at all. More the, the, the thing, the perspective I'm seeing is you aren't ready. You can have these keys when you prime for my cold dead fingers. And it's awkward because many people are now 5, 10, and even 15 years older than the generation of boomers that started their mega churches. But they're still being told, oh, they're not ready. They're not ready yet. They're still not ready. I have to work longer. I have to work till I'm 70. And that's confusing. Like, to me, that's an unfortunate level of awkwardness that I don't think is going to lead well when we can't have an honest, respectful conversation to say, hey, there's kind of weird. Like, if there's a chasm of differences, um, people forgot how to talk to each other. Yeah. And so, unfortunately, I think the cultural, like, it's interesting because that's church, that's small level, where you see the tone and culture is saying, okay, boomer, where it's just kind of this, you are written off because your age. And that's sad, but I see why it's happening. And figuring out how to, what to do as a church leader is an interesting situation. Because when that's people's perspectives, okay, boomer, whatever. It's yeah. like the, eventually you're not going to have voice anymore. Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, grandpa, like yeah. Thanksgiving dinner, awkward eye roll. Um, <clears throat> I really think God delights in a culture of honor when people are honored. That's not honorable. Yeah. I'm going to call my dad, apologize for slashing his tires. I actually, do you know I texted my dad on Veterans Day? <laughs> really? Sorry I peed in your gas tank. No, I said, Mom... From the bottom of my heart, will you tell dad? Because my dad was in the military. I've had men in the military for like last hundred years. And I said, will you please tell him that I'm really grateful for him fighting in the Civil War? And um, so, <laughs> so she thought was funny. And I think he thought was funny. But I also said something about, you know, I appreciate him writing the Ten Commandments of Moses and everything. And he doesn't look a day over at Eon. And so, <laughs> but, you know. No, I'm not going to apologize to him, actually, now that I think about it. But, you know. Can we play a game real quick, and then we got to wrap it up? Okay. This game, I just watched... Is it watched called Pork in Your Porpoise? Pork in Your Porpoises with Sean. Okay. I just watched Pork. American History X the other day. Oh. It was a good uh, thing to watch again. That I is the greatest romantic comedy I've ever seen. So... Where I made a comment, like, you look like it. And I'm like, oh, yeah. in American History X? Yeah. 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 Not everyone bald is a racist. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. Quit marginalizing. So this this game, this is the first game, I think, on this show. This Besides game is lives. called Who Said It? <laughs> okay. Can we make Edward Norton. <laughs> it's called Poking Your Porpoise. Okay. Who Said It? Edward Norton from American History X or Donald Trump? Okay. Oh, okay. I feel set up. Okay. No, Why don't the I... Mexicans go back and help fix the totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came? Okay, do you really want me to answer? Yeah. That's said Trump. It. Good Good answer, yeah. You're okay, right. yeah. All right, you win. Okay, ready? Yeah. This state spent $3 billion last year on services for those people who had no right to be here in the first place. $3 billion. That's Derek Vineyard. Oh, oh is it? Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, that was... Oh, all right, keep oh. going. Our border policy is a joke. Is anybody surprised that south of the border they're laughing at us? Can you... 
Uh, that could be their one, but I'm going to go with Mercury X. If you, tell me how, if you tell me how it was spelled or if it was tweeted, I can tell you. Like, <laughs> no. Derek Vineyard. Is it in 150 characters? Oh, no. Yeah, Derek Vineyard. That one. No, that is Donald Trump. I thought that was Derek Vineyard. <laughs> Sorry. Um, what yeah. you really should be angry about is the invasion of millions of illegals taking over America. That's... That's no, that's Donald Trump. Oh, Sorry. What? No, 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 <laughs> I know this just, is really sad. <laughs> if it ends with sad, then I know it's Trump. Okay, go, keep going, keep going. No, I'm there's, really, I, I'm there's nothing funny going on. It's about your life and mine. It's about decent, hardworking Americans falling through the cracks and getting the shaft because the government cares more about the constitutional rights of a bunch of people who aren't even citizens of this country. Derek Vineyard. That is Derek. Okay. okay. I was just shy, shy to say it because I got the last two wrong. It's okay, man. You're a bunch okay. of murderers and killers. Is it spelled right? Can I say both? <laughs> I think maybe it is both, but this one's attributed to Donald Trump. Okay. Uh. Um, we're losing our right to pursue our destiny. We're losing our freedom. We're losing. Oh, that's it. Vineyard. That was Vineyard. Okay. <laughs> Even though I tried to, I tried to trick you with it. I know. It's because I've seen this movie too much. Because my brother loved it for many reasons. Here's no, one. Just, Here's I'm one. I'm just messing with it. It was yeah. Different this and romper stomper. Two, yeah. <laughs> two more. Two more. Um, you get this one, Nathan. Come on, get this one. Wait. No, Don't be shy. That. Don't be a shy little shellfish. You can do this. This is hard, but uh, you guys are gonna know this one. Dang it! It says. Uh, what do you call it when people are crossing the border so consistently? That's an invasion. That's me. No, that's Trump. Oh. <laughs> that's Trump. Remember this that caravan? You are discouraging. This is really sad, that's, right? That's the sad thing because I'm like, oh, it could be both. Okay, here's one that's easy. Here's an easy one. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people who have lots of problems. They're bringing those pe- problems with us. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're bringing rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. Paula Dean. <laughs> Isn't it sad, though? Isn't that really sad? It really is. I noticed that when I was watching it, I was like, oh my gosh, the rhetoric in this movie sounds so similar to, like, yeah. the recent campaigns. I think that's it's kind of a bummer. That was a conversation I had with someone who remained nameless that I know recently that was like, I think this is what is most confusing for me, is that everything you told me about the political candidates you didn't like as a child, now the script has flipped, and it's okay, yeah. and I'm confused by this. <laughs> yeah. You're literally not abiding by the rules that you bestowed on me. That's confusing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Regardless of any powers that be in the mix, that's really confusing. <laughs> well, the one thing... Okay. You literally changed the rules of the game 180 degrees. There, there was one thing... Do you remember... Um, okay, so... Because I remember this when I was growing up. When Clinton was being impeached, mm-hmm. I remember one of the things um, that my mom had brought up, and I kind of respected it, was she goes, no, he shouldn't be president. I go, oh, well, why? She goes, his character counts... And a man like that who can't be faithful to his wife or have that type of character, like, shouldn't be a leader because it's shown it's yeah. it's a compromise in integrity. And when I heard her speak, she had such conviction, I kind of went, you know what? I'm like, well, I'm glad you hold it to such a high standard. And I was kind of impressed. Of like, no, like, you need to have integrity in every area of your life. Yeah. Flash forward, some of the uh, same people who made that argument go, well, I'm going to vote for him because... It's, um, well, he'll get this done or this done, which it's funny. A lot of the pragmatic or utilitarian yeah. arguments of greater good, lesser of two evils, it's funny. They come from the same philosophical school of thought, which is uh, the ends justify the means. And people go, 
Well, no, it's not. No, yeah, it is. Anytime you base ethics, decisions, morals, or choices on results, on the results you're going to get, and, and I'm not saying like choosing good or bad, but saying it's okay to compromise or do less than savory things or vote for something that's not ideal based on results, and that determines the ethics of the situation, that is the ends justify the means. That is that same school philosophical thought. And it's hard because when they said it with Clinton, I went, man, okay, elite, you know, agree or disagree, but moral majority, they really like, oh, they're, they're saying, no, you, the character counts. And that was their term. And now it's, well, we need to get stuff done or, yeah. or this. We'll trust I'm not, the character will change yeah. along the way. I'm not voting for a person. I'm voting for a world, which here's the question I would ask. So if Richard Spencer was running against a Democrat, but promised he'd be pro-life, would you vote for him? Because you could say, yeah, he's anti-Semitic, but he says he won't pass any laws where he hates Jews. And yeah, he's racist, but he'll stop this with abortion. And I'm not voting for a person, I'm voting for a worldview. And who said I'm not voting for a person, I'm voting for a worldview? It was Jamie. So I just, I, I don't know. I look at that, I go, I, I feel like that is kind of a contradiction that mm. they've switched and flopped because yeah. now it's... Well, we have to get stuff done. And, and mm. it's interesting to, to see that that confusion to say somehow the rules of engagement changed and they changed dramatically. Yeah. Like a 180 degree change. And that's confusing. And it's like, oh, well, you're just, you know, you've just all gone liberal. It's like, no. Like, oh, really? Yeah. Trying to be consistent with the worldview that we were raised to have. And, and that's, you know, if you if you grew up in a conservative Christian household, I'm speaking like, that, That's how I was raised. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of speaking to us in the room, really, in the context that we've been discipled in. But, like, we're trying to do that, but all of a sudden now we're very selective with what we're doing. Uh, that's. Yeah, because it did change. I, w- I was told integrity was a huge thing that I remember being told by adults. No, you are the same person in and out. You are the same person alone or with the group. And um, the idea that if you switched your view suddenly, you were flip-flopping. So when I brought up, hey, like a month ago, Trump said he didn't care about this with transgender bathrooms and this and this with abortion and adultery. And suddenly he's a Christian with his uh, with known heretics, actually, who are on his spiritual council. Not all of them, but a few of them are known heretics. Suddenly it was like, well... You have to look at the best, and he could change. He's being open-minded. And it was interesting. It's now it's we're we're minimizing the depravity of people on our side, but I'm uh, upping or accentuating or emphasizing the depravity of the other side. So now it's like when it's the other side, it's you have to exaggerate and show every point or detail of where they're wrong or depraved. In our side, downplay them and say, well, you need to show a little grace, and, and you know, and people can change. Because I had many people tell me flat out, Obama, there's no way he's a Christian. There's no way that's true. How can he be a Christian? And yet this, it's, well, maybe he might, and, you know, he has a personal faith. And, oh, yeah. Let it take Christ by somebody that's the prosperity gospel. Prosperity gospel. Is not on our- yeah, that's not So it just, it, it's assuming the worst of everyone else and the best of us. And I go, and, and it's fine. If they knew how many views I actually, on paper, I say that loosely, on paper, agree with them on, of like, okay, but the execution and what's happened to get there, that I I always go back to King David. It wasn't just that he became a king. It was God's intention was the way he became. He didn't just kill Saul and all his family, like pagan cultures might have, like through blood. Because David, yeah, go ahead. It kind of encapsulates some of the conversation we've had about power and leadership and things like that. Oh, there you go. How did David respond when his son Absalom came to take his throne in an unjust, evil, godly, ungodly way? Yeah. Yeah. 
he just he, grieved. He grieved. Yeah. He didn't. He said, "I've I've never I've never been a Saul. I'm not going to be a Saul." No. No. Yeah. No. And that's very different than mm. I see things manifesting. When he could have killed well, Saul <clears throat> and felt that conviction yeah. of like, I think of this, it's not, it's not and just. And he wouldn't. Yeah. He, he could have and it's, didn't. It's not just that we get there, it's how we get there. Yeah, yeah. and the fact but, that when his son came to him and said, I'm going to take the throne from you. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to steal it from you. And he didn't. How he, his response is very telling, but he yeah. stayed a man after. Yes. So this has been what's poking my porpoise <laughs> with Sean. Uh, so yeah, that's it. This is uh, Tales from the Ditch. We gotta go. Kids need to go to bed. So uh, I feel so cool that I'm a part of that. Club. Yeah, you're a dad. Yeah, you're the dad club. Not that like, and you're the Tales from the Dadless Ditch. dude anymore. That's like, oh uh, yeah, so you guys. I'm just gonna go home and hang out, and watch Netflix for four more hours. Exactly. Now it's Disney Plus. It's like, oh yeah, Disney Plus. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. a parent thing. Gotta watch some episodes of Recess before I go to bed. That's what I Instagram. Like, it's not uh, Netflix and chill anymore. It's for parents, so it's Disney Plus and chill. Anyways, Disney Plus and fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you have anything to talk about, <laughs> uh, please send us an email. <laughs> please send us an email <laughs> at salesforthedigitalgmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to support any fish-related uh, insinuations or analogies, sword or fish in the stone, <laughs> sword in the stone is great. Uh, hey, uh, we need a ba- <laughs> we uh, need a babysitter so we can put the sword in the stone tonight. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Oliver and company. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, give, an, give us an email at Tales from the Ditch. If you want to support us, which nobody does apparently, go to, except the people who gave us personal donations and didn't use the Patreon. Go to, <laughs> yes, go to patreon.com slash Tales from the Ditch. Thank you to our donors, everybody who's brought booze. You've given like us Shea huge donors. We appreciate it. Hi. All the two of us. Huge donors. I have a huge donor. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Judah, for your donation. Thank you, Miles, for your donation. Thank you, Miles else. and Judah. Yeah. Everybody else. But we got to wrap this up. So this has been Tales from the Ditch. You've heard what's poking my porpoise. Seth, what do you got? <laughs> that, wait, I'm supposed to say a thing. Right? I don't know. I'm no. trying to sound like a... <laughs> okay. Zip it up. Zip it out.